Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Hello. Why did you not invite me to your golf day? (laughs) It's basically your (laughs) idea of hell. Like, firstly, being out in nature. Secondly, playing any form of sport. I don't think I can even hit a ball, though. Like, I'm I'm honest. I I don't think. I mean, I've been to the driving range a few times. And my dad put me through golf lessons, I mean, for ages and I think then he just looked at me and thought right this is never gonna happen is it so to be fair I thought I wanted to invite you to come drive around the buggy and just supply supply gin and tonics to my team oh, but um, see, I could do that next time round okay you want fine me to. head of drinks head of social so for those of you that don't know what's going on it is my um, parents charity golf day today that me and golf partnership have put together so stressful to organize a golf day yeah. I was like oh this will be a walk in the park 18 teams that doesn't seem very much oh wow and obviously the dropouts and everything else but to be honest with you you know even if we make five grand for the charity that will be so exciting and that will yeah. help so many children so I yeah well, it's going to be a great day and can anyone donate that's listening to your to the charity absolutely anybody that's listening to the podcast can go d- d- can donate and I will um I will what should we do should we put a link in the show notes yeah and we can also put some we can put a link on our stories as well and maybe so you can like let everyone know a little bit about the charity that your parents set up if anyone you know isn't aware I think we have spoken about it before yeah um yeah Yeah, it's incredible what they do it's amazing and my mum is arriving from Kenya (gasps) on Saturday that's so exciting oh wow the kids are absolutely beside themselves. Um, annoyingly, because of what the sort of vaccine status in Kenya, she hasn't managed to have like her jabs. So she has to quarantine and then kind of figure everything out. But like, it's fine. It's just be lovely. So 10 days after she arrives, we'll be able to be in her company and spend lots of time with her. And I think she's going to be here for six weeks. So it's oh, going to be great. Oh, wow. That's perfect. Isn't um, it? Are you oh, well? All excited. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, um, <laughs> you know what? So my, I've got building work going on if anyone I go on about it all the time <laughs> you haven't but, have you um our builder told me that he was starting on the 1st of October which right. is obviously when this podcast goes out and um and I was like oh yeah yeah that's fine I'll have cleared the loft by then and obviously it's now like the day before and I'm suddenly like oh <laughs> I actually haven't haven't cleared 
the loft oh, yet. Shit. But then I phoned him and I was like, so um, is that date like set in stone? And he was like, no, I told you two weeks early because I knew you'd do this. Oh my God, he knows you. Your builder knows you better than your husband. I know. So he actually <laughs> told me that he was starting two weeks earlier than he was because he knew that I wouldn't have cleared the loft. Oh my God. Wow. That's amazing. What a great I builder. Know. Yeah. So basically that's what I'm doing. Like uh, for the next four days, I'm head yeah. down, I'm clearing the loft. I, I mean, I'll probably go and get a storage unit and just shove it all in there if I'm honest. But yeah. But you know what? Just so exciting. Uh, just, do what you can <laughs> yeah, and um, and just chuck things in boxes. Although if anybody um, who like Organised by Cat or the girls from Organised are listening to this, ignore what we just said and you must go through everything meticulously, detox, throw stuff out and don't hang on to things that don't bring you joy. In fact, Cat, if you're listening, you want to meet me at the storage unit. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah, and we can go there. through it all. See you there. Anyway, <laughs> this is not, we're not here to talk about packing boxes and stuff no, like that. No, we're here to talk about about relationships relationships exactly I mean so does a week go by when we don't phone each other like oh I've had a row with James oh I've had a row with Dozza oh, no. this is what's happening they're so annoying I know it, it's a lot it's, it's a, a lot, lot. And, and I think about it a lot as well because never have I think all of us that are in you know a relationship in a partnership never have we kind of been pushed so much to the limits in terms mm. of what we've been through the last 18 months with you know being forced to stay at home working on top of each other living on top of each other parenting on top of each other and like yeah it's it's a lot some days and you're faced you can't run away like you haven't we yeah. haven't been able to escape from it we've had to face it day in day out with nowhere to hide um and so I think you know what if you have come out of this <laughs> still in a relationship well done yeah <laughs> and also I, I don't know about you George but I think sometimes it can be quite scary because sometimes you have to really front up to your shit and you have to own it and yeah. as as humans we we like to bury our head in the sand or mm. get defensive or you know scream and shout or say nothing and then it's like all of those factors chucked in together can cause problems in your marriage yeah, I think so. And like the last time we chatted with our guest, um, Vix, who's going to be answering your questions, uh, actually a lot came up for me, mm. especially the things that like you said, like when when you get home, you should, you know, greet your partner first. Also, like the way if someone's upset, you know, if someone's upset you, rather than sort of pointing the finger at them, you, you play it out. You say, this made me feel like this because they can't argue mm. with that. And then mm. it, there's just so many, li I guess they're actually quite small things which mm. you can implement into your everyday that can make things a bit easier. But I do think you have to both be on the same page with that. And mm. I think that's sometimes the difficulty. You know, one person can, you know, be, be behaving in one way and the other one is, is not there yet. And I think that's where you need to have the conversation. Mm. and sit down and be like right if we're gonna you know if we're gonna be okay together we both need to make sure that we're communicating say what we feel you know yeah. all of these things um and it is it's, it's, it's just learning to work as a team totally and also that level of communication I think you can be bumbling along in a relationship for a really long time and then suddenly it's like a boil yeah you know it, it explodes and then one person's full of resentment or you know uh, full of anger about things that haven't happened or things that should have happened and it's like if we can find a way to communicate along the way so they can say to you do you know what I feel a bit insecure about that or do you know what I wasn't happy when x y and z happened or you know then then life would be easier George and I are not relationship experts no. by a long a long shot <laughs> so we thought all. we thought obviously we wanted to do a Q&A we 
We love hearing from you guys. This is what these Friday episodes are all about. So we wanted to get an expert back on the podcast, a psychotherapist who really, really knows her stuff. We've had her on before. George, who are we chatting to today? Today, we are chatting to Victoria Shallot. So... Welcome to our Friday podcast, another Q&A. Uh, and this week, following on from our amazing chat with um, Mel Schilling, all around kind of, I guess, dating, relationships, chemistry, we thought we'd throw it out to you guys, get an expert back on the podcast who we've had on before to talk uh, relationships, um, questions around it, and somebody who really, really, really knows her stuff. So welcoming back to the podcast, psychotherapist Victoria Shallitz. Hello. <laughs> Do you know what? When we put this question box out there, We had such a huge response. I think it's one of those things that everybody goes through when they have kids. Like, you know, no matter how solid your relationship is, there are always going to be issues when you have children. Would you agree, Victoria? Absolutely. (laughs) Without a doubt. It it really is something, I think we talked about it last time, the, the kind of shock and the change in your life is um, something no one really prepares you for. So, so much kind of gets thrown up in the air. There's an amazing book that's just come out called Baby Bomb. And it is exactly that. It's kind of a bit like a bomb goes off in everything that you knew your life to be before. And Cara Hoppy, who wrote that book, kind of talks about, you know, you've got to kind of work out. A bomb is is brilliant in in lots of ways because it explodes everything but you've got to kind of find a way to put everything into a place that fits yeah no, yeah I, also I, I i think i think it's really hard to like retain your relationship to what it was before when you have a when you have a, a new baby like it's not it's suddenly the priority and the focus moves off your relationship and onto your newborn which obviously it's supposed to be but then it's really hard to sort of hold on to why you guys why you guys are together <laughs> what makes the spark between you guys you know work and and and, yeah. and what keeps it alive and what keeps it get- it's just like it's just an endless sort of treadmill of like dirty nappies sleepless nights and you know trying to feed I, I, I don't know like obviously there's obviously lots of beauty around that but let's just break that down to what, what it actually, what it actually yeah. no, is. It's, it's so true and I also yeah. think like you you don't it's almost like there isn't room for the relationship at first because you know like you say a bomb has just gone off in the house mm. and everything is around the baby and it's almost like you feel like well there is literally no time I can't, I can't give you any of my time right now mm. and they equally probably feel that back I, we can't you know we can't give each other time but how are we going to muddle through um I actually heard I can't remember it was someone said you should give it you should give it two years like once you get past the two years then that's when you know your relationship should starts to come back but that feels like a long time (laughs) I think part of the problem is that people think that they can have it the same it's never going to be the same I think that's part of the grief that we again spoke about last time it's never going to be the same you've got to kind of find a way to make this team that you were before the children even stronger as you go through it and uh, you know uh, countercultural as it is I think the problem is that we we take our focus off the relationship and there's so much data and so much research out there to suggest and support the idea that if you focus on the relationship, that kind of oxygen mask idea of if you feed yourselves oxygen, you can feed your baby that. So if you make your team a kind of secure base, 
the more you focus on that, it trickles down to the children. And that's so countercultural. It goes against everything that we're told out there. But mm. actually, in terms of relationship, and you said it brilliantly last time, Zoe, the kind of, you know, make, I think, I don't know, I think it was a friend of yours who said, you know, always make sure you greet your partner before your children, as much as lots of people will raise their yeah. eyebrows about that. But those kind of little things, that's kind of co called co-regulation. You are co-regulating with your partner, which means that your nervous systems are more attuned to each other, which means you can then be more of a team and support each other. And that is not what every piece of messaging out there says about having children, because it's yeah. all about the children. And, you know, she mentions Carol B again in this book talks about how parents become invisible. The minute you're pregnant, everyone says, oh, what's the baby? You're not talking about you two anymore. You're just talking about this baby. Yeah. And so it's how do you keep the two of you alive, even if that is, you know, and not, I know this will come up in the questions, but in the kind of how to make time when you've got a baby and or more than one. And it doesn't have to be a whole date night or a weekend away or, you know, getting even leaving the house. It's simply... How do you make time to to be with each other for five minutes yeah. and just be in each other's presence without phones, without anything else, just to kind of for your nervous systems to be around each other? Mm. I guess it's and like you the have small to want to be, things, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to want to. I guess it's like yeah, like the small things every day, like you said, Zoe, like greeting your partner before you greet your children. That's actually a really small thing to do. Mm. But I actually brought this up with James not that long ago. I said I, I did say it to him. I said, you know, sometimes like if we say after a football match, he will always go and greet the kids, and it's like I'm invisible. And mm. he got really upset when I, when I said it to him, and he was like, oh my god, I can't, I, I can't. Can't believe you feel like that and it's actually just such a small thing but unless I guess I'd have I raised it he would never have known that mm. that was the impact yeah mm. and I think that's the yeah. really nice way of saying it G it's that kind of this is the, what what happens for me. You're telling them the impact rather than the kind of stance of blaming. Yeah. It's, which is so much less inflammatory. Yeah. Um, listen, Vix, let's get into this because sure. as Georgia said earlier on, we've got so many questions to get through. So <laughs> I'll kick off. Um, how to regain the spark when you're not the same people anymore? That's a big question to start with, but we'll go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that comes, as we've just acknowledged, the kind of the little micro kind of um, co-regulation of kind of, I don't know, even how you start your day. Do you uh, make the other a tea or a coffee? Do you give them a kiss? Do you give them a hug? Do you even be in each other's presence? Do you greet each other? Hello and goodbye. Those things allow you to keep coming back to each other and make that, that um, the kind of distance that comes between you when a baby arrives, you know, it's less of a bridge to cross the more you keep those little micro little contacts throughout. Because if you don't have any of that, then it's so far to get to each other again. Mm. And, you know, it is, you know, you, say, you said you've got to want to, Zoe. And mm. half of the time we don't want to, particularly, I'll get flack for this, but I think particularly as mothers, we can get that thing of feeling a bit touched out, talked out, you know, all the rest of it. And we don't make enough time for ourselves. Now, that's really unfair because lots of men do the same thing. But it's when we don't make time for ourselves, we don't want to make time for anyone else. 
you know i it's my job to talk with people and be hold space for people all day long and often i come home and the last thing i want to do is be available to anyone else and yet if i don't greet my husband or if i don't make time to listen to how his day is then you know i'm not in a relationship i'm not making time but i do need to make some time for myself and say i just need you know, half an hour to be on my own, or I need to go for a run or whatever it is you need to do to kind of give yourself some space before you're available and fully available. So it's almost like to regain the spark, you need to fill yourself up. And yes. then you can look to, you know, sort of well, filling yeah, the other also, person up. Also that, you know, the brilliant, brilliant psychotherapist, uh, Esther Perel talks about, it's not about in terms of spark, it's not about how does my partner spark me or turn me on or whatever you want to call it? It's how do I turn myself on? You know, how do I get the spark back in me? So if I feel good about myself and I filled up my tank or, you know, even if that's like five minutes on my own in the bathroom, you know, when and shut the door from everyone and done a mini facial, then I might feel if you've got that time, but five minutes, maybe what you, all you have. And just to go, okay, I value myself. You can start to feel better about yourself, which means you feel better about connecting with someone. Yeah, and we've also been having quite a lot of conversations in our house about um, this feeling of expectance of the other person. Like, you know, I expect you to do that for me. You, ex- mm. you know, you expect me to do that for you. And people forget to make the other person feel special because there's all these things that we have to get done. And I'm, mm. I, you know, even just planning a date night. Um, I sometimes think, oh gosh, I wish, you know, Dozza did one for me the other day and then I just didn't plan one back for him. And he said to me the other night, he was like, you know what, you could plan a date for me. And it's like, yeah, actually I could. And I've actually booked dinner for us to go on Wednesday night. And it, even though you might think, oh, well, I'd love the other person to do it for me. There's something about doing it for somebody else, which creates an excitement between the two of you that you've got something to look forward to. So if your partner isn't going to do it or is too busy or whatever's going on in their life, just do it. Just, you know, book dinner or order a takeaway and get a bottle of wine in and just do something special even if it has to come from you it doesn't mean it will make it any less special I think that's what I'm trying to yeah, say yeah that's a real really good point Zoe that happens a lot in 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 my couple's work of like if I have to ask for it then it doesn't matter well yeah. <laughs> but then you're kind of cutting your nose off to spite your face if you want it you, the more you have of something the more you want of it so there's yeah. something about kind of as you say like if if they haven't done it and they've dropped the ball on this occasion pick it up you know you're a, a if you think about being playing doubles, if you play tennis, you know, you don't go, well, you didn't pick it up this time, so I'm not picking it up. Mm. <laughs> You're not going to win the game. Yeah, yeah. So that's you so true. Like if, if the other one doesn't pick it up or hit the ball, you've got to keep pitting in order to win. You're a team. And so if you want it, if, you're, if, if you kind of cut your nose off to spit your face, then neither of you win. If you keep yeah. doing it and then you can raise it when you are doing it, say, you know, I recognize that I did this and – I'm I'm going to tell you that I'd like I'd love for you to do this for me at some point but when it becomes something that someone wants to do and they're not being blamed for having not done it this time and there's no scorekeeping then it becomes much more like I want to do it yeah yeah not because they feel like they have to yeah yeah this is quite a sort of a general question but someone has, has sent in how to make a marriage work oh my god anyone I guess maybe like what are you know the t- t- sort of top, top tips three yeah top three things that you could sort of do to keep 
to keep it going. My first thought is, you know, I'm thinking about the love and desire thing that we both need. A good relationship or marriage needs both of those. So you need to be, I'm going to say, it's interdependence, it's differentiation. It's, I um, appreciate the difference in my partner and I like the way we work together. So if you can be separate from and let them have their life and you have your life and then you come back together, that makes for a perfect, not perfect, but a a really rich relationship. Um, And you need to lean on each other, but you need to go and kind of have your own integrity. I think that's really, really fundamental. Mm -hmm. I think um, treating your partner like your friend, you know, this thing, and it's come up a lot in these questions, the kind of resentment and tiredness and how we treat our partners. And of course it comes out there, but I think, you know, if you have the mechanism to not speak to your boss or your friend in the way that you speak to your partner, you have it in you to not speak to your partner that way. Yeah, They're not your enemy. It takes practice and it's, you know, I think it often comes from resentment. So the other, so I'm, you know, keep your differentiation. So keep both of you like having your own lives and come together. I think that's really, really important. I think the second part is that um, sense of, um, you know, really not blaming and speaking from the eye is also really important. Like, when you tell your partner, I feel this and I'm making up this story, it keeps all the kind of um, blame out of it and inflammation and you're more likely to be heard. Mm. Why do we do that? You know, you said like talk talk to your partner like you would your friend. Why do we like, why do we feel like we can say certain things to our partner that we would never dream of saying to a friend? Like, like, there's just so many things I would say to James. Like, I, you know, I might sort of lose my rag with him. I would never lose my rag like that with me, ever. But why do I feel like I can with him? I think it's about it's it's partly attachment style, but it's also there's there's no there's fewer consequences. Yeah, I think we we know that there on some level we think well you're not going to leave me if I shout at you once, and yet you haven't tried that with your friend yet. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's something in the kind of um familiarity is the intimacy i think even in our closest relationships there's a level of of um not always showing our full rounded self um and yet you can't do that it's not sustainable so it it shows up in our intimate relationships Mm. yeah it's Mm. interesting Um, friends relationships strained since having my boy 21 months ago due to a different, due to different stages in our lives. And we hear that quite a lot, actually. Um, and I think a lot of us have kind of been through that, you know, you, you go on this amazing journey with your friends and then the biggest thing happens to you in your life. And you suddenly think if they don't have kids as well, no, like no one gets me and they can't relate Mm. to it. It's hard. It's really hard, isn't it? It is really hard. And it is, and I was thinking about this yesterday with someone. I was talking about the idea that it's it's a bit like we're in, you know, the, when you have a little one, the first time you have one and you go through this kind of every bit is a different phase mm. and you think it's never going to end and it's going to be like this forever and then something shifts. And I think that's the same with friendships. And also 
everyone, every relationship we have is someone in our life to mirror something we need to learn, we need to heal, we need to grow. And we are there, we, we kind of provide a role for each other. So I'd always ask people like, what, what role did that relationship serve you before you had your baby? And what role were you serving that person? Because it may not be that the friendship can't work. It's just that that role is now filled by you being a parent, you being, you having a child, your partner is now filling that role in a different way. You don't have so much time to give the other. And it changes the relationship. Every uh, every child being born changes the relationship because it means you have less time. Yeah. And um, I don't, I think it's, it's obviously hard to say don't personalize it, but I think it's just a phase. I think if the friendship is a deep enough friendship, it will survive the the few years where yeah. your attention is is somewhere else. Yeah, being I, honest I as well. I, yeah, mm. yeah, that's what's going to because I have friends yeah. that you know are purely like friends that I would you know go out with just on a night out, whereas I probably wouldn't like just have them over to my house for some dinner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I kind of know that, like, and they yeah. know that. Like, we know that that is our friendship. It is just going out and drinking and having fun and that is because we are at different life stages yeah um so I guess can you have different friends for different things oh absolutely yeah. I think that's really important and I think yeah coming back to the third point that I didn't make about what keeps a relationship going it's it's the it's having support outside support I think it's vital I think you we put so much pressure on one person to provide everything when we used to you know live in more community or a village and you'd get your needs met in different spaces and I think that's really important without being threatened by it yeah um this is an interesting question. How do you raise mutual empathy? My husband is fun, but not good at emotions. I love uh, so an interesting phrase, isn't it? Not good at emotions. Um, I get interested in in well, not good at emotions, but good and happy to be have fun. So I would again, as I say to quite a lot, is tell your partner what it's like when they don't talk about the stuff that's not fun. And that's not, um, and that, and that there's a consequence. It's not a bad ne- thing necessarily, but you feel like you don't know them, and you want to know them in that way, and you need them to know you on this level when it's not just fun, because life isn't always fun and happy and up. And if you don't address that, then there's going to be stuff that you're not sharing, and that doesn't work well for the relationship long term. Mm. There's something about, about saying, you know, if, if someone makes light of everything and is fun and doesn't want to talk about the the difficult things, you know, my great teacher Terry Real talks about, you know, don't be afraid to rock the boat. You know, your partner might not be able to be emotional, but you can be and yeah. you can show them how important it is that you, they don't have to fix it. They don't have to make it better. They don't have to do anything. They just need to be alongside you and sit with you. You can say to them, I don't need you to say anything. You might not know the words. You might not know how to respond. If someone isn't good at emotions, it's generally because they weren't shown that in their childhood. No one talked about emotions. No one expressed it. They don't know what to do, so they make light of it because they ease the tension in themselves. Because either men typically go to, I need to fix this. Yeah. And if they can't fix it, which often they can't, Mm. they don't know what to do. So... 
I'm being really general here, but the, it, there's a kind of tension that builds up. Like I can't fix this. I can't sit with the helplessness that I feel or the kind of nothingness that I, I don't know what to do. So I'll make light of it and then it'll go away. Mm. Yeah. And also I think they ca- they contend or certain people, I don't want to generalize and say men, but their their level of like wanting to try and sort it out like if they decide they don't want to talk about it in that moment Mm. then that conversation will not happen whereas Mm. I think women typically want to kind of you know speak about it you know kind of unpick it it. you can't leave it alone yeah and that can cause humongous humongous Mm. blow-ups that that really I think fundamentally I think I've always found that in my relationships that that the that, that that my partners have dictated when we have the conversations like if I want to bring something up then potentially if it's not the right moment for them then the conversation doesn't happen then I find that really frustrating because yeah. surely you can bring enough kind of emotion or enough kind of intuition to that moment to go okay I can I can address this now but I don't know I don't know whether just it's a man thing listen. Or... yeah or just be yeah that's where I teach couples to do this thing where if it's not a good time mm. Or one of you, you get to say, okay, now isn't a good time, but I promise you I will come back to you at this point. Okay. And you make a commitment to come back. And what you might say, if it's you and Dozer Zoe, you say, you this know, is hypothetically, I to- Victoria. <laughs> yeah, hypothetically. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, if I say, well, I talk about myself, if I want us to have a conversation and I say, um, I want to talk about this. I don't know that there's a, an answer. There's nothing that you need to fix. I just want to talk about it. Are you willing to have the conversation now? If he says, not right now, right. then I need to know when he will. Because if he doesn't, then he's not committed to the relationship. Because if it's not okay for me, if something's not okay for me and I'm not okay, then we all, like, all the, uh, we all kind of sink, you know, because we're a system. The whole family works when we're when we're both up. Mm. We can carry our son because we we are both looking after ourselves and each other. And to just say I'm not going to talk to you about it, it's like there's a long term impact about on that, and in, and that leads to what many of the questions ask about resentment. Yeah. yeah, and you know there's there's a really important thing about. If you have to choose between the two things, you don't know you're necessarily doing it at the time, but if you think, if I raise this now and and they get pissed off or they get annoyed or it's going to rock the boat and I'm going to feel like I've, I've rocked the boat and it's my fault, choose that. Because if you don't choose that, you'll end up with resentment. So choose to feel guilty rather than resentment. Oh, that's mm. interesting. Yeah. I also like the idea of saying to somebody, because I think I think whether you gave us this tip last time, if you do want to raise something with your partner and you're not sure whether it's the right moment to say, there's something that I want to talk about, is this a good time? And if they say, no, it's not a good time, then at that point, like you said, you say, okay, well, when can we talk about it? And then they have to commit to that. Because we, we, might, we might say, oh, it's been burning on our chest all day. We've been thinking about it and building it up in our heads and we want to say it, but it's eight o'clock at night and our partners are exhausted and they're like, can't deal with this now. And then a row erupts and that's the worst thing, especially at the end of the day. So yeah, I quite like that tip. I'm going to start enforcing yeah. that because I seem to yeah. be saying things at completely the wrong time of day. <laughs> Me too. No, you, yeah, you too, Georgia. We'll be right back after this short break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? Let's actually get to a question about resentment because there are quite a few. Um, how do you avoid resentment of a partner when they seem to have similar freedoms to before? Mm. <laughs> this is really common, isn't really it? Common, really common, really um, common. Well, look, I'm going to speak to there's, there's kind of people who haven't had children yet or maybe are soon to be having, bringing their baby home. And then there are those of us who've got, we're the other side, we've got children. And... <sighs> it comes down to agreements. It comes down to, can you both sit down and list all the things you do to keep this system going? Each, both of you, write them down and really, really like show up and put everything on the page. So you both know what has to happen for this family that you've now co-created, what has to go on for it to to work. And then it's how do you divide that? And how do you say, okay, well, I'm willing to take this on and I'm not willing to take that on. And how are we going to negotiate the ones that neither of us want to do? Because otherwise, if you don't make those agreements, again, we're back to the resentment. If you don't want to rock the boat and you want, and rocking the boat means that you take away his or her freedom because you ask them to be at home and or whatever it is, then you're risking feeling like, something's going to explode and it's all going to go wrong. But if you don't, you'll just end up with this resentment down the line. Mm. Yeah. But but I don't understand how we will... What am I trying to say here? I feel like as mothers, we will always be the ones that don't necessarily get to do what we want. And, you know, and there's yeah, a certain... Why, yeah, I get that. There's a, why is like, that? Why, we just uh, do it, don't we? There's like a certain level of like expectance that we'll just do it and that like, you know, it's okay for, um you know, our partners maybe potentially like maybe go to the pub for a few hours or go off to play golf for an afternoon or whatever it is. And it's like, well, when do we actually ever get to do that? And is that our fault? Is that us being martyrs or are we not taking the moments and going, if you're going to go and do that, then on Monday, you're going to have to do the school run because I'm doing X, Y and Z. Is that something we should have more courage to do? Yeah. Yeah, it's the latter. It's that either you haven't had those discussions before and you're not agreeing to, well, this is my night out or this is what I'm doing. And if you take this time, you go and take this time. Um, I think it's also cultural. I think that's just insidious. I think we are told that it's our job and that mum mum knows best or mum's always the one that children come to or whatever it is. It's a kind of... 
it's it's a leftover belief that we all keep buying into and i think it comes alongside this idea that this pressure we put on ourselves as mothers yeah it's a kind of inv- who talks about it? i think it might be Kara hoppy actually talks about the um the invisible load you know we don't talk about which is why i'm saying put everything on a piece of paper everything you think of all the kind of buying school uniform or oh, I've got to plan this for that that person's, you know, it's a children's party next weekend. I've got a better birthday present. And all of those things that you do that you don't tell your partner about, but you're you're kind of carrying. And that's the bit that leads to the resentment because they're on, you know, it's such a thankless task half the time. It's unpaid. It's, you know, it's something that you're thinking about 24-7. You do not turn off. And that's because you're not saying, okay, I need to switch off. Your turn. Yeah. And yeah. Almost, like oh, and like you say, you don't tell them you do all those things. So then how do they know? They, they don't. And that's like- why I'm saying both put down a piece of paper of all the things you do to contribute to the family. Because they'll be doing things that maybe you aren't thinking about yeah. either. But then it's black and white. It's not like I'm right, you're wrong. Because... It doesn't matter. You want to stay together. You want to go, oh, look, these are all the things we need to do. How can we divvy this up? Because it's all in black and white. And if I don't tell you about these, I don't want to nag you and say, I'm doing this, 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 and this. You want it on papers. You say, I want you to see what I'm doing so that I don't throw this at you, you know, at four in the morning when we're knackered and the baby's woken up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll get right in my list. (laughs) (laughs) I like this one. Mother-in-law. I don't like her. I do try my best for my little ones. Please, can you give me some tips? (laughs) Oh, this is hard because it's such a, um, without knowing this situation, I I don't want to generalize because I think it depends on the relationship your mother-in-law has with your your partner and, and how much of a team you are with your partner. Again, my teacher always says blood deals with blood. So if you have an issue with your parent-in-law, talk to your partner about it and see about how you can say, well, I know that that relationship, your relationship with your parent is completely yours. And there's an impact on on our family. This is happening and I don't know how to deal with it. If you want to keep the relationship up with your for your children's sake, then it's like I'm doing this for my children and I'm going to like how to maintain your integrity is to say I'm doing this for the children and I'm not going to pretend to be um, someone I'm not, but I'm equally going to not be rude because I care about this relationship for the sake of my partner mm. and for my children because I want my children to get to know their grandparent yes. and eventually your children will get to know the same person that you're getting to know and I don't know I, I, it's a really tricky one to answer because I don't know the individual situation it's almost like you're not trying to like them I think sometimes when you don't like somebody and you feel like you should like them it's really difficult because you're almost like putting pressure on yourself to like like get on with them whereas I guess if you just take that out of it and think right okay I don't have to like love this person I don't have to th- think yeah. they're the most amazing person in the world I just need to be you know polite and you know sort of yeah like you said be be civil because of my children and then that I might- think the painful truth is that if we don't like someone there's often some, something in them that we don't want to admit is in us 
It's ah. a really, really horrible mirror. What do you it's mean by that? It's something we don't want to look at when we don't like someone. I'm trying to think about someone I don't like now. Well, so when we don't <laughs> like somebody, it's a, it's a mirror to the stuff that we don't like about ourselves. Not always, but sometimes if we don't, if we make a really strong judgment about someone, it's something we're not owning in ourselves often. Ooh. And if we, um, or we would never allow ourselves to do, you know, if, you, if someone, if I make a judgment, a strong judgment that someone does something I don't like, it's because somewhere I haven't allowed myself the freedom to not do that or the freedom to do that. But it, it's, it's always a reflection of judgments that we had as a child, like someone made that judgment in our childhood and we've taken it on board rather than really examining and getting interested in what's going on for that person. And like you said, G, like we don't have to love everyone, particularly our extended family. We don't have to, but get interested in what is it I don't like about this person? Is that in me anywhere or do they remind me of someone else? And why am I telling myself that I need to like them? But also I think I think we're frightened to talk to our mother and our father-in-laws about what we require. Like okay. we want to have a good relationship with them. And I think it's, you know, if, if you can, it, you know, it's important for the kids sake, regardless of kind of your personal feelings. But I also think it's okay for us as, you know, as the daughter-in-laws or the son-in-laws mm-hmm. listening to be able to say, look, if you're going to be looking after my kids regularly, then X, Y, and Z needs to be done. And like, you know, they're not the parent, they're the grandparents. So they kind of have to figure it out. Yeah. Honesty is, is important, but I think a bit like Again, someone said to me when I had my son, they said, you know, when you leave your child with someone else, you have to let go of the idea that they're going to do it in the way that you would do it. And if you can't handle that, then don't leave them with someone. And it's a real, like, what you're, the way I'll reframe this is when you leave your children with your grandparents and you want them to do it your way and they don't, and you get irritated by it, what you're giving, you're gifting your children with is relating to someone who does it differently to you. You're expanding their repertoire of how to respond to different people, different ways of interacting, different personalities. And I think that that's really a helpful way of reframing, like they're not going to do it in the way that you want. And sometimes stubbornly, they're not going to because they think they know better or they don't like the way you do it, or they want to have their own relationship with your child, which, you know, you want them to as well. Your child can withstand that in a way that you might not want to. If, of course, your child is in, you know, danger or there's yeah. a boundary that they're really crossing, that's a different, I'd say something different. But I think if you just don't like the way they do it and they don't do it the way you want it done, then try to see it as, okay, I don't have control here. You're not always going to have control when your kids mm. aren't with you. Yeah, mm. that's so true. Absolutely. Oh God, some of these ones, George. Can you? Can we just get? Can I ask this one? Because I've just seen it and it's made me feel really sad. No sex for two years. Sleeping in different rooms. Exhaustion. Long work hours with two young kids. Any hope? It is sad. It's um. You sound like you're surviving, and yeah. um, and you're doing exactly that, and that's painful and lonely and um. I wonder if you can manage to reconnect with one another for one night a week to start with, if you're trying to get sleep and you're trying to get through and acknowledge and join in the truth of the fact that you're both surviving. Like how can you hold each other's hand and say, I miss you. And I really 
know that we're just getting through, but I also love you and I miss you. And just starting the little pieces of reconnection so that you can start to, because, you know, I think we put a lot of pressure on the idea of having sex rather than connection. And of course, sex can be so brilliant, but sometimes that brings up loads of other pressures and emotions. Really, you're just wanting to connect in order for sex to even happen. So if you're separately, if you're kind of juggling children and separate rooms, I would say make it a priority to get back in the room with each other. Yeah. Yes, yes. I think someone else has actually said how to fall in love with partner again after years of anger, upset, stress of raising two babies. Yeah. Well, again, we're back to resentment, aren't we? So there's something about how do you make a contract to let go of resentments? You've got to How how do you like reset almost like a little bit it's a little bit of like I'm gonna write all these resentments down not share them with my partner yet I'm just gonna get them all out because they're just going around like broken records in my mind every time I look at him I'm thinking oh you've done this and you did this and you didn't do that and blah 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 if you get it out on a piece of paper and you commit to okay I am living with this resentment and it is getting in between the thing that I say I want. So I've got to get this out. Like, am I going to, do I want this to be different? If I want this to be different, I have to let these things go. We didn't know how to do it differently. We got here, we're still together. So how do we let go of the way that we have done it in the past and do something else? How do I, if you want your relationship to be different and you don't like where you're at right now, You've got to do something different. There is no easy way. You've got to stop doing the things you're doing because they're not working and you've got to do something else. And that might be mean shouting at the other and then catching yourself, walking out the room, coming back in and saying, I'm really sorry, that was out of order. I shouldn't have shouted at you. Call yourself out. Choose to be guilty. Choose to do the thing that you don't want to do and then you can apologize for it. You won't end up feeling the resentment for having not said it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But call yourself out. The more you start to say, that wasn't okay, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have said that without a need to explain or justify. I feel like letting go is like such an important lesson in life. Like you can't keep beating somebody up for stuff that they've done in the past or mistakes yeah. or things that they've said or, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about the kind of big stuff because that's, that's up to the person involved. But like, you know, saying the wrong thing or making a bad decision about something or, you know, coming in late one night or whatever, like you can't keep regurgitating it and no. bring it like, once you've had the discussion and the argument and hopefully it's been a healthy one you've got to learn to leave it in the past and I think yeah. we're, we're, we're like as humans we're like programmed to keep it's like bib 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 computer oh this time you did this let's bring this up again and it's it's really unhealthy it's like it just keeps yeah. making the person feel like shit about themselves well yeah. it's, um, my supervisor always says this brilliant phrase she always says how long are you going to keep him in the doghouse <laughs> yeah it's so like, true we're, you know it's like it's not and it's that again it's kind of it's not serving you you're kind of cutting off your nose to spite your face. You're, you're getting in the way of yourself by holding onto it. Why am I holding onto it? What part of me is holding onto it? What, do, what am I going to lose or give up if I let go of this? 
what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Do you know, it's interesting, actually, because I was talking to a friend. Um, she was actually having not um, problems in her marriage, but in friendships. And she keeps getting annoyed with this same person for doing the same thing over and over and over again. And it's nothing huge, but it just obviously gets on her nerves. And I sort of said to her, I mean, I do it with James. I've kind of, you know, people do have flaws and it's like, you can either just keep going at them for those flaws or you can just think, do you know what? That's just them. Like, and, mm. and you either accept it and move on or, you, you know, that you can't move forward with the, with the yeah. friendship or the relationship. That's what, that's what I was saying to her. I was like, I think, mm. I, you know, I've got friends who I know might, you know, cancel really last mm. minute, but I just know that about them yeah. and I don't get upset about it anymore. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think, <laughs> that I, mean, me, I just know, <laughs> no, it's not, no, it's not you. No, but do you know Sorry. what I mean? Like, no, no, don't be silly. No, I mean, I do it. Like, do you know what I mean? I just have friends who I just think, oh, cool. Yeah, that's, it's like, oh yeah, well, I've known you for 10 years and that's just what you do. That's Absolutely. fine. Like, why do, isn't it interesting that we don't do that with our partners? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it is the kind of when you stop trying to change them, that's when something shifts. <laughs> in my experience, yeah. When I, as you say, when I go, oh well, that's just who you are. Like again, I think <laughs> my therapist said to me once. She said I was talking about I don't know someone in my life, and I said, oh, and they've done this again, and she went. And how come you're surprised? (laughs) She didn't even know them. And she was like, and I'm not surprised, but you still are surprised. (laughs) And it is, it's that kind of like, oh yeah. Why do I set myself up to believe they're going to do anything different? I'm just hopeful because I'm trying to protect myself from the feeling I didn't want to have as a child. And so I'm still telling myself I can be in control of that rather than feeling the feeling of disappointment or sadness or anger that I didn't want to feel. And if once you let yourself feel the feeling, you'll go through it and then you don't need to change them because you're not trying to avoid that feeling anymore. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you've you almost like, you know that could happen. And so you think you're, you're prepared for it. And so then it doesn't actually affect you anymore. I mean, God, I have it with James all the time about time. He has a zero concept of time, like zero. And it used to really wind me up. Like he'd be really late for things. And now I just don't, I just don't really care. <laughs> I'm just like... Well, yeah, of course he will. He's going to be late. Of course he's going to be late. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. But, gee, did you let yourself get angry about the fact that he was late? I used with? to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah, I used to. And then now it's kind of like the running, you know, it's like the running joke. I'm really that's early what I and mean he's really late. You. And it's like... Yeah, but you allowed yourself to feel it, right? Yeah. If you allow yeah, yourself yeah. to feel it, you're not trying to tell yourself on some level that you can't feel that. No, so no, 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 no. Yeah. It, it stops being that powerful. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Sorry, I, I was just really thinking about that that question you asked, Zoe, that was re- you said you felt really sad reading about the kind of, is there any hope? And I just want to really yeah. speak to that, that listener and say, you know, the fact that you're asking that question means there is. Because if you want it to be different, if you both want it to be different, then there's always hope. Mm. Great. Well, I like that. Um, and then do you want to take the last one, George? Maybe we should just finish with this one, actually. At what stage yes. should you consider couples counselling? I thought you, I was hoping you were going to remember that question because I, <laughs> yeah. I like to hear that one. I like this. I think um, I'm a big advocate for the earlier, the better. And I don't, I mean that in the sense of preventative. Okay. If you can, you know, if you think about our kind of relationships, like our health, you don't want to wait for the doctor to tell you that you've only got, you know, 
six months to live, you want to have put in the things that make you not have to even reach that stage. So there's something about really like the earlier you can go, the better, because you can start to learn how to communicate better. There's also a a lot more goodwill. Like if you come at the beginning of your relationship, you start to learn about each other when you're still in love and it's still really exciting. And you have a lot of, of kind of, like I say, goodwill. And if you don't come at that point, then you usually come in kind of crisis. When things have gone wrong, life has thrown all their difficult, the difficult things at you. And if you don't like the way your relationship is, and you're thinking about, I want to be somewhere else, or I just want to get out, or I'm, I can't communicate, that's the time to come in if you haven't already. But like I say, earlier, the better in my experience. Yeah. So don't wait. Just, I mean, should, should you go, you know, should you see a couple's counsellor, even if you haven't really hit any problems yet? Yeah. I love working with those couples. Yeah, and I work okay. with quite a few that work in that way. Um, and it, you know, you don't have to be in therapy all the time. It's like, go for a little bit. If you're not in crisis, then go get some skills, learn how to do things differently, learn how to air things that you're maybe not airing in a really safe way. And, um, you know, it's like having someone on your side. Like I said in the last podcast, I, you know, we've been in couples therapy for years on and off. And it's brilliant because it's, you've got someone who is on the side of your relationship and is really holding space for the two of you. It's like a wise person that's just saying, hey, I want this relationship to work and I'm going to hold a space and I'm not making the judgments. I'm just here to go, hey, that's, that's not cool. Let's try and do this in a different way. And I'm going to, take a kind of in my role it's about you're saying to me this doesn't work or we need more skills so I'm saying okay you came to me I'm going to show you how to do it differently you don't have to do it but you want something different then maybe take some coaching right Oh, I feel like I've just had a therapy session myself. I think Georgia I and I always feel that way when we talk to you, Victoria. Thank you so much <laughs> for coming on. Um, so and I think I think you've really helped a lot of people today. Definitely, I've oh, taken some great it. tips from yeah, it, haven't yeah. you, George? Absolutely. I always come away from chatting to you like with so much, like literally so many thoughts in my head. Like my mind is just going round and round. But I'm going to make that list of people I don't like and uh, try and work out. <laughs> I was thinking, what gee, is. I've got visions, visions of you going going through all your judgments of people. <laughs> going, what am I not looking at in myself? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll have you back on at some point. Really lovely. Um, so thank you. I'd love to. So much to learn. I know, she's just like so calm as well, isn't she? I know, I know. Do you know what is so funny? That when she was saying about um, someone, you know, if you really dislike someone, it's often like a reflection on like on yeah. you and something in your personality. I feel like I'm never going to forget that. But I just don't really, I don't really hate that many people. Do you? I, no. I, just, I, don't, think, I don't think I have time to hate people. No, no, <laughs> really, I don't. I just like, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm really trying hard. So to find someone that I don't like so that I can do it. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> let it be me. <laughs> it's not you. Oh my God, oh, it's not you. Because then we wouldn't have all. a podcast. No, exactly. Um, anyway. Massive. Massive thank you to you guys for sending your question. Don't go anywhere yet because we're going to be um, we're doing our products for this week, and I'm going to kick us off. Um, people always ask us where we get our jewellery from because I think yes. actually it's quite hard to find great jewellery that doesn't 
massively break the bank like yeah. you kind of you think about jewelry and you think well I could get high street and then I and then you look at like Tiffany and then it's like it, it, middle ground great jewelry yeah, is what difficult. we're all searching for yeah. yeah yeah. so all of her jewelry completely bespoke um, her name is Charlotte and she's been uh, like jewelry designing for about 12 years I think I found the perfect hoops I'm yeah. always in search of them these are the perfect side not too big not too small they don't hurt my ears uh, so massive shout out to um, to Lottie Lee love her yeah and also if you're like um, if, if you're getting married or you are you want a special ring she can make you know make you something bespoke yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and also that's what I was going to say I couldn't wear hoops for years and years and years and if you've seen on Instagram I now am wearing hoops all the time yes. because I discovered these little stickers that you can put on behind your ears they're called lobe magic you can get them on amazon i think or even in claire's accessories and they basically hold the they hold the earring in your ear so it doesn't like cause your ears to like droop yeah that makes sense yeah, so they, yeah, that makes it, sense. it's amazing it's like a game changer i've been so upset not being able to wear them and now i'm wearing them all the time <laughs> lovely well done you what's next from jewelry to crafting <laughs> um, it's actually not crafting it's baking so craft and crumb um were what well, are an instagram brand that we knew about and you could you could order little baking kits to to decorate cookies and stuff with your kids but they're now sold on a cardo um i think the baking right. kits were about 12 pounds and they, do you know what now it's raining it's just a really nice thing to have in the cupboard to do like over the yep. weekend or whatever so yeah i'll definitely be adding a few of those to my basket so I'm going to talk about naked not being naked um, but naked fashion which is a brand that I have or like a site that I've just come across um, and what I love most about them obviously like shopping in real life is amazing and all but who has got time to do that like when was the last time you went shopping in real life I know do you know what I only ever go shopping in real life to browse it's more like mm. I go for lunch and maybe a drink and then I end up in the shops but I never think oh I'll go shopping today which is really sad because I actually do like shopping yeah I do too <laughs> <laughs> I do too go figure um, one of the best things about this brand um, is they have a pre-loved section so if you click along the top obviously like they've got all their new arrivals and like you can browse their products and stuff and they've like some of the pieces of, of clothing on there are really great I've got an amazing pair of boots from there as well so just like a new brand that I've discovered but also the pre-loved section is really great obviously a more sustainable way to shop which we're all about um, so yeah definitely check it out yeah it's good because you can literally buy new and pre-loved products yeah. at the same time same which time. is a really really great concept yeah um so this is another thing I've probably been banging on about a lot but recently when we were working with Debenhams I sort of having a, I was having a look through their website and I discovered these little um they're like little sachets of dry shampoo um and they're on a, like a like a little piece of paper and essentially it soaks up the oil like the same as when you use blotting powder for your face it's exactly the same but you can just keep them in your handbag so I find when I'm traveling like on the tube or like I've been rushing about my hair like I feel like it gets greasier as the day goes on yeah and you literally too. just keep 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 these in here and just freshen up your hair it's amazing um I think it's like 10 pounds and you get maybe like 10 or 12 in a pack so yeah really really rate those brilliant love that um, that is it for this week um, we're going to be back on Tuesday but before you switch off please 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 we would love you to rate review subscribe and follow the podcast and do keep sending in your pictures as well yeah please do and any suggestions for topics or guests you'd like to hear from please just drop us a DM we're on at made by mummers or on Zoe's own channel at Zoe Hartman and we'll be back on Tuesday
Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production. Insanity Group. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.